Greetings everyone, welcome to Like Flint Radio. This is our first episode for 2016 and I'm truly excited to share this one with you. I'm going to be talking to Jeff T-Rex Bankins. Now Jeff is a Christian strong man and we're going to be talking to him about his testimony and about how he uses his physical abilities in the advancement of the gospel. Just before we get to that, I want to let you all know that the reason I've been doing fewer shows for Like Flint Radio is that I've been concentrating on my new King James Bible series. And um, that's been taking a lot of my time and it'll will continue to do so until I finish it. The new series, which is available on its own dedicated website, um, is also now on iTunes. The best way to find the new show, the new series, and a, a link to its uh, spot on iTunes is just go to the website www.ahistoryofthekingjamesbiblepodcast.com. So that's com. If you use iTunes, please go and leave me a rating. I only have a couple of episodes up right now, but there are many, many more to come. And if you're interested in the King James Bible at all, um, you won't want to miss this. And um, uh, as, as usual, everything that I do, it's all available for free. And I only ask you to share it with your friends and everybody on your email email list. Okay, so I really just want to let everybody know that that's the main reason uh, things have slowed down here at Like Flint Radio, uh, and uh, it'll remain that way. Things are going to remain slow on Like Flint Radio um, because I'm just not able to uh, do as many shows on Like Flint Radio, and uh, as well as keeping up the output of the um, King James Bible series. Um, I've said it before somewhere, the series really is taking about um, an hour of my time per minute of uh, output because um, that's research, writing, editing, recording and sorting out websites and iTunes and all that stuff. It really is more than an hour a minute uh, in output time. So that's taking up a lot of my time. Uh, and uh, I apologize if you're missing like Flint radio shows, but I really want to do this series. So and I'm not sure at this stage how many episodes it'll be. I'm guessing about 20 at this point in time, but Even that, I I just can't say for sure. Okay, so now let's get to the interview at hand. This is me, your host GK, and I'm speaking to my very special guest, Jeff T-Rex Bankins. I hope you enjoy this one. Alrighty, well, you're back on Like Flint Radio. I'm your host GK. With me on the line all the way from Louisiana is Jeff T-Rex Bankins. Now, Jeff is... uh, I like to think of him as a strong man Christian. I think that might be what he may call himself, but we'll find out in just a second. Uh, welcome to Like Flint Radio, Jeff. GK, thank you for having me on here, man. It is it is great to talk to you all the way from Louisiana. I'm not sure how many thousands of miles we're apart, but it's what uh, a hemisphere and half a world apart, I would say, <laughs> however far that is. 
It is absolutely a long way. All the way, I'm on the east coast of Australia, so all the way of the Pacific and then however many states I'd have to get to from there. But uh, listen, Jeff, thanks for coming onto the show short notice. Um, I uh, I was really keen to get you on for a little while um, since I saw... Uh, your video where you were on TV there, but we can talk about that in a second. Um, but before we get to that, can you just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Don't go into too much detail so that I can ask you some questions, but just tell our people, uh, you know, why I called you the strong man and just a little bit of your background before we get into some specifics. Sure, sure. Well, uh, I am a Christian strong man. I usually call myself a strength minister. I'm not a strength, I'm not a licensed minister, but, uh, I, I know how to share a gospel message, and then I know how to grab people's attention by doing feats of strength, which, for example, would be uh, tearing phone books in half or phone directories. If I'm not sure if y'all still have those down there, but we still have a few here. Uh, being steel bars, maybe in my teeth or over my head, uh, break chains and do uh, just various things basically to grab people's attention and pull them in. And then we share a story or a message and give them a gospel message and an opportunity to ask Christ to save them. That's basically what I do. Right, right. And um, the other thing too, um, Jeff, is the other, I, I guess I should have, I, I, I really wanted to use this in my introduction too, and I guess I should have, is that um, you're also a world record holder in a very specific area. Um, and I guess we can get into the details of that. But um, uh, can you just tell our uh, our audience uh, how you became a believer, if we could start there and then we talk about some of the strongman stuff, but um, the majority of our audience will be uh, believers. So can you give us a bit of your testimony as much as you'd like to share? Um, oh, sure. Were you raised, let's start with your childhood. Were you raised in a Christian household? Were you a Christian, you know? Yes, I, I was raised in a Christian household. Um, now, my parents were together, but I was raised mostly in a broken home because uh, one of my parents was off track for a long time. One of them wasn't. And uh, I'm sure many listeners have experienced that. That's just something that goes on these days, sadly. But uh, it, it was kind of a chaotic way to grow up. But also, I was rooted and grounded in Christianity. What about in your uh, after you left home? What about that sort of age, age there when you leave home? Because I know for a lot of us, um, now I wasn't raised in a Christian household, Jeff, but I, I was... Um, I'd always, uh, I can't remember a time that I didn't believe in God. And, you know, I had been reading the Bible from my teenage years. But, you know, after leaving home, I really went off the rails, if, it, if I could put it that way, a bit rough around the edges. And uh, I actually joined a rock and roll band and ran away from home, basically. But, uh, and, and that was a bit wild. But um, what about your, your youth uh, when you left home? What, what, what sort of uh, things happened for you? Well, uh, I said I was raised in a Christian home, but the problem was I, I did not have a true relationship with Jesus. I, I probably, it seems to me since the age of 12, I felt like God had wanted to use me, but I was afraid of that. And I didn't want to quote unquote, give up my life, which I would find out later was, you know, something I should have given up on because it, it wasn't much of a life. Mm. But uh, anyway, uh, I ran away from God when I got to college or college age. I started uh, dabbling in drugs and alcohol, mm. and I even got into things uh, like prostitution and, and various other terrible addictions. And I realized one day that if I kept this up, I was going to die. And actually, GK, I, I almost 
overdosed one night on ecstasy. Um, I'm sure y'all have that down there too. It's a terrible, terrible drug. And uh, I called out to God and he kept me from overdosing because the, the symptoms were there. But uh, luckily I didn't, or not luckily, God, thankfully to God, I didn't die. And uh, I would like to say I turned around at that moment, but I didn't. But what I did do, it started the process. And uh, as time went on, I realized that I had to get my act together. And that the way to do that was to surrender to God and to truly start living for him, to give my life to him and truly start studying uh, the word. Once I did that, it, it was a slow, gradual process. And I said this the other day when I was talking to someone else. It, it's just like when you work out, you know, it's it's something you do slow and steady. And uh, your strength builds slowly over time. And that's kind of how my spiritual strength built. And, uh, you know, now I'm a committed Christian uh, and I get to share my testimony with other people. But I, I can definitely say God turned me around because I was on the path to, to hell and destruction, if you know what I mean. Yeah, look, I do. And there'll be a lot of our listeners <clears throat> who'll be able to identify with that sort of a um, uh, a witness, uh, Jeff, because um, it seems to be so many of us. um uh, you know, that were sort of living in the 60s, 70s and 80s who have got this sort of story. And um, and when you look at young people now, uh, I, I think it's even tougher now with the different types of drugs that are out there. Uh, they're more addictive. Um, I don't know about price-wise, because, uh, but I'm going to have a guess that some are probably cheaper and easier to get. So it, it's a tough life. Um, you know, one, one of the things that interested me was when I saw your video uh, recently, uh, I actually, I'm not sure how, how long ago, but you're on a, um, a TV program there, and I think it was a Louisiana TV program with um, doing some of your strong man um, things that you do. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got onto that TV show to start with? But the other thing that drew me in, Jeff, and I'm going to tell you, I haven't had the chance to tell you this. We had a bit of a chat before we recorded. What I didn't tell you this was I was really impressed how many times you got to mention the name of Jesus. Um in Australia here, if you're on a like an if it was not a Christian channel, you wouldn't get they wouldn't have left that edit in there the number of times you got to mention Jesus' name. So I was pretty impressed with that. But um, how did you end up on that TV show? Uh, and uh, tell us a little bit about that. Okay, well, uh, do y'all did y'all ever watch the TV show Seinfeld in Australia? Yeah, it's been on. Yeah, it's been here. Yeah. Okay. Well, it has nothing to do with Christianity, but. Uh, Seinfeld has a made up holiday on one of their episodes called Festivus. It's basically a protest against, uh, you know, the commercialism of Christmas and, uh, and, uh, oh, what's the Jewish holiday? Hanukkah. Hanukkah. Yeah. Cause Hanukkah, they give gifts to each other, I guess, similarly to people that, that people do at Christmas. So anyway, it's a, it's a made up holiday against all the commercialism. And one of the celebrations is feats of strength. Well, I think, Two years ago, the night before Christmas Eve or the day before Christmas Eve, my friend called me and he's a director at our local NBC station. And he said, hey, uh, our guys want to celebrate Festivus. And I told him what you do. And uh, would, would you be able to come in in the morning and do a few things for us? I uh, mean, in feats of strength. And so I did. And uh, now I've got a good relationship with those people. And uh, the guy that leads the show, I believe he's a Christian also. And, and I know the uh, the co-anchor is. Okay. And uh, he gets to kind of run the show as he wants to, as far as the morning show. And so if I have something coming up, like uh, we have a Christian night at a big festival we have here in the summertime every year. And so I get to uh, 
work at the concert, you know, do my show before the uh, bands come and play. And so I'm able to call them up and get on there to advertise for it for free. And then uh, every year uh, around Christmas, I get to do the Festivus uh, celebration. And all that gives me the opportunity to have free publicity and to, to mention Jesus and, you know, do some fun stuff also. Yeah, uh, look, I, I was really impressed how many times you did get to mention Jesus. And um, But listen, let's get into this, your world records, because you did this uh, – this thing on that on that video when you're on that TV show, but I, I'd like you to tell our audience about us about it. Uh, tell our audience what you hold the world records in and uh, and what you actually do with your neck, because this is an area that I was pretty stunned when I saw what you were capable of doing, and that, to be honest with you, that you would actually actually do it, mate. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> all my records are in uh, feats of neck strength. Mm. One of them. I don't think you saw a video of this, but one of them, uh, I took uh, my truck. I have a four-door Dodge truck. and My wife has an SUV. I connected them both together, and then I connected the front vehicle to my to my neck. I had a neck harness on. It's just a, an apparatus you use to, to work out your neck. I pulled both of those vehicles 25 feet in 26 seconds, and that was one record. And then uh, the other three records have to do with breaking chain using my neck. And basically, I use that same neck harness apparatus. I hook uh, chains to it. And then the other end of the chain is on something stable on the ground that I stand on just to keep it stationary. Mm, yeah. And then I use my neck my neck uh, and leg strength to break those chains. Yeah, that's the one I saw. I saw that one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that particular piece of chain is a number six uh, jack chain. Mm -hmm. And what I could find on the Internet, it's rated at uh, – like 370 pounds to, right. to break. Right. I'm not sure what that is in kilograms, but yeah, it's 370 <laughs> pounds. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty good bit. Yeah. And then I broke uh, four chains one time that they totaled up to 460 pounds of force to break. Right. That was one of the records also. Okay. So you got the four records, but they all got to do with your neck strength, right? Next strength, right? Yes, sir. Um, what I was going to say to you, um, and, and I'm sure you'll take this in the way it's meant to be, but down here, we'd say you're as mad as a cut snake with that sort of repertoire, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sort of repertoire, Jeff. But because um, when I saw you do that one, I'm thinking, oh, man, because, you know, I'll be honest with you, I have a bit of trouble with my neck. You know, I've got a bit of trouble with lots of parts of my body. But my next one area, I don't want to mess around. When I saw you that, man, I, I, I actually cringed on that. And I thought, oh, man, I, I bet you did. I did. I did. <laughs> um, but it's not just the neck stuff, although that's, you know, that's what you got the world records in. So can you tell us about um, bending the bolts and bending the nails? Because I also saw you doing a bit of that as well. Yeah, uh, I take a 60-penny nail. And again, I'm not sure what they call them in Australia. Mm. It might be the same name. It may not. Uh, it would be the largest regular-sized nail you could buy at the hardware store. Uh, when it's bigger than that, it's called a spike. But um, anyway, it would be a 60-penny or 60-D nail. And what you do, you wrap it in leather, and that's just to protect your hands. Because if you don't, if you try to bend these things without protection, you're going to just literally push the skin off your hand. Right. And uh, that's right. never that never ends well. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you you pull it up to your chin, and you just push down with all your might and bend it into a V. And those sixty penny nails take about two hundred seventy to three hundred pounds to bend. Right. And then uh, I do some bolts also some uh, grade five bolts. They're like, uh, 
quarter inch diameter, six inches long, and they take about 360 pounds. So they're, they're roughly 100 pounds tougher than the nails. So I can bend them also. And then there's some tougher ones I'm working on right now. Yeah. Um, how did you get into the strongman stuff? Like, have you, have you always been an athletic kind of guy? I guess here in Australia, you would ask you, did you play Aussie rules or rugby league or something athletic like that? Um, well, I have always loved comic books. And when I was a little boy, Lou Ferrigno was the Hulk on TV. Yep. Uh, and when I say little boy, I was like two or three years old when that was on TV. Right. And, uh, I always loved that show. Yeah. And, uh, my dad liked comic books. So we had superhero comic books in common. We had the incredible Hulk. And from the moment of those things being introduced to me, I always wanted to be strong, but I didn't play sports. That, that's what's surprising. I was not much of an athlete. I actually did livestock showing. Um, do y'all have 4-H or FFA in Australia? That's where you take like, uh, that would be like taking uh, market lambs, uh, hogs and steers and other various animals. And you kind of get them in shape and present them before a judge. And yeah. you're based on yes. uh, what the animal looks like yes. and how good you present them. Yes. Yeah, yes. that's what I did big, in high school. Very big here in Queensland, um, where I am. It's a big cattle state. And it's yeah, big, I knew y'all had a bunch of yeah. uh, agricultural areas down yeah, there, but yeah. uh, I did that in high school. I right. wanted to do shot put, but uh, I grew up in a Pentecostal church, and it was uh, United Pentecostal. And a lot of times, you don't necessarily get to play sports, or you didn't back in those days. You weren't supposed to play sports or go to the movies or different things, and that's just that that denomination has some of those some of those unset rules or unsaid rules, you know? So yeah, yeah. because of all that, I, I didn't really, I didn't really join sports, but what I did start doing about ninth grade, which is about 14 years old, I started working out and, uh, I worked out and pumped just like everybody else does. Mm. But let's see, I had laid down the weights for a little while because when I straightened up from the drugs and alcohol and got right with Christ, mm -hmm. I started really concentrating on college so I didn't really work out much for a couple of years. Once I got the job I have now, uh, I was training, uh, let's see, about two and a half hours from here is Baton Rouge. That's the capital of our state. Y'all may have heard of it. Yep. Um, I was training over there and they had a gym at the uh, headquarters of my company. So I started working out there again and I started looking for a new book or something to help me work out. And I ended up coming across something called dinosaur training. And basically it means working out the old way of the, uh, the old time strong men and barbell men of, uh, you know, like a hundred years ago, let's say. Yep. So I found that very interesting. I know it was God sent because uh, what I was doing at the time wasn't working. I was just following what you would see like in men's health or muscle and fitness or some of these other magazines that, that are basically meant to sell you products, not really help you get in shape. Right. That's how I, that's my opinion anyway. Right. Hey, listen, before we move on, um, as someone who's got completely no, you know, basically no idea about this whole, uh, arena, Jeff, um, is it called dinosaur training because it is what the old guys used to do back in the day? It is. And I think the author is, uh, a retired lawyer. Okay. He was still, he was still practicing law when uh, he wrote this book. Mm -hmm. And I think one of his specialties or one of the specialties at the law firm he worked at was age discrimination cases. So what they did, uh, I guess, you know, people that are age discriminated are called dinosaurs. Yes. Yes. And he did the old time 
training, just like the old time strongman. So he, yeah. he came up with that title, Dinosaur Training. Um, and another thing before we move on to, um, you know, you, you sort of said you liked the Hulk. Um, do you, oh, yeah. Do you have an opinion on the Hulk film from 2003, the one where the the uh, where an Aussie w- was playing the Hulk, Eric Banner? Yeah, uh, I enjoyed a lot of that movie. Now, there were some parts I didn't care for, but uh, overall, I think he did a great job. Because it's the one that's criticized the most, I think, isn't it? That's why they had to put out another one of, uh, a little bit later on, didn't they? Like, Yeah, um, they strayed from the main canon of Hulk. Yeah. Because, uh, like, in the movie, he gets bigger the matter he gets, and uh, that's not normally how it goes. And then um, I don't think his dad ever becomes a supervillain, you know, right. in the comics. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, I mean, they... They did a pretty good job, um, and I liked it anyway because I'm a Hulk fan. I always have been. Yeah, but That's I think what, the one the one a few years later was better. Was better, yeah. Now I have to ask you that because it is we we have got that a uh, sort of uh, uh, awareness of the movie in Australia because Eric Banner is you know is a big uh, a big name as far as movies go down here. But um, listen, I didn't mean to derail you. I want you to tell us a bit more about um, the dinosaur training. Tell us about it and how it differs from, say, what we might see on one of these uh, um, uh, TV programs where they're trying to sell us supplements and stuff like that. What's the difference? Okay, well, dinosaur training is it's basic, simple training. And what I mean by that is, uh, for one thing, you don't devote your life to training. Okay. All right. You only, okay. like, like uh, you only work out maybe two, three, four times a week, it, depending on how your body adapts to this type of workout. Right. Uh, you lift heavy weights or heavy for you, you know, and you, mm-hmm. you work up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do simple schemes, which would be like, uh, let's say five sets of five reps or five sets of singles, you know, what have you. There's different ones you can choose from. Mm-hmm. Um, you use thicker, thicker barbells and dumbbells because what that does is help develop hand strength. And in my case, what I do, uh, hand strength is is a lot of, of what I need to do the feats I pull off. And uh, anyway, it's just simple, basic, heavy training. He uses barbells, dumbbells. You can also do things like uh, lifting sandbags, stones, or you can, uh, like one thing I have that's pretty neat. I have a couple beer kegs, and I don't drink. But what I've done is uh, fill these with water sand and bent nails like some of the nails that i bend and throw away instead of throwing them away i put them in my keg and uh what that does is slowly build the weight up over time and and if you've ever tried to lift like let's say a hundred pound keg or barrel it's a whole lot different than a hundred pound barbell you know a barbell is meant to be lifted these objects are not meant to be lifted i'm I'm looking at a picture right now uh your skype picture is you lifting a keg above your head there so i'm looking at it right now (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's the same keg. Yeah, I've got it up to like 178 pounds now. Okay, all right. Wow. Um, I wanted to ask you, um, do you have a, a special diet, Jeff, um, that you follow? Like, do you eat in a particular way to build yourself up or, or anything like that? Because, like, I know, I, as far as I know, like, um, you're obviously, you know, not into steroids and things like that. But I'm just wondering if there's a specific diet you follow. Well, I, all I've done, and I've just done this in the last couple of years, is clean up my eating. But I don't have a really special diet. Okay. Um, like during the week, I'll eat while I'm, while I'm at work. I eat uh, oatmeal, fruits, and like salad for lunch. And what I started doing, GK, uh, I started actually fasting a couple of days a week, 
what I'll do is fast from uh, after supper one night till supper the next day. And I found that uh, not only is this good for spiritual application, as many people know, it's actually good for your body because what it does, it gives your digestive system a break because all it has to like all my body has to digest on those days for me is water and coffee because I do drink coffee at work. Uh, but besides that, the body gets a break. It helps flush out everything, especially when you drink plenty of water. Uh, that's pretty much it. You know, I just have a regular diet, but I eat more salads than I used to and fruits and vegetables. And then like, uh, before I work out, I might eat a banana with peanut butter on it, which is delicious. Yeah. You know, I was fully expecting when I asked the question, I was fully expecting to hear you say, oh, you know, um, lots of steak, plenty of pork chops, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, no, and- no, me and my wife are, are, uh, frugal let's say frugal okay all right yeah um and then i thought okay uh, or it might be some sort of protein shake or something because um like i say i have seen you jeff and you're a pretty big guy and i thought well you gotta how do you fuel that body to be able to do those sort of things that you do but um but you the diet you described um just about anyone could live on but i'm not sure about you know building up to your sort of strength i just it's got me a bit, bit stunned to be honest but um jeff let's move on to what you're doing as churches and schools um with your strong strongman performance um uh, tell us a little bit bit about what you do with the schools first because um i know that you don't go to uh mainly you don't go to solely christian institutions so tell us what you do when you go to the schools and things like that when you get that opportunity sure uh there are certain times of the year uh in the United States that they have state mandated testing and uh, this, this differs from state to state, but where I live in Louisiana, we have like, uh, I think in March they have state tests that each grade does. And uh, what you have to do besides passing all your tests and grades and everything like that, you have to make certain marks in these tests to be able to advance to the next grade. And uh, I normally go like the week before testing, And I try not to talk about Jesus at schools because that just opens up a big can of worms. And I know we're supposed to be witnesses everywhere we go, but I think we also got to be wise because if I only got to come one time and never got asked again by by talking about that blatantly, then I think that would be foolish. That's my opinion anyway. So instead of doing that, what I do, I encourage the children to do their best on these state tests. And what I mean by that is, you know, Garth, we're not all meant to be doctors, lawyers, engineers, or what have you. But we can all do our best. And what I try to encourage these children to do is to not let fear get a hold of them, to think clearly and concisely before they answer the questions that are toughest for them. And then I encourage them to do their best. Um, and then I relate that to me. You know, I said, well, what if I just decided I wasn't going to finish my show and I just left? Would that be very good? You know, and I'm usually talking to elementary age, which would be like uh, four to 10 year olds, I think. You know, of course, the kids holler, no, that wouldn't be good. You know, so I I basically just get them encouraged to do their best. And then I also put on a show to to capture their attention. And uh, they really don't forget it. Like uh, some of the schools I go to still have stuff on display that I've uh, bent and torn and signed for them or autographed for them. But uh, that's what I do at a school. Mm. How how often do you go, oh, get the opportunity to do that, Jeff? Let's see. For schools, 
I probably get the opportunity to go to three or four schools a year. Right. And uh, I'm going to try this coming year to, to do more, um, trying to, to build a ministry up now. Because actually, I just went to strongman school in September, if you can imagine there being such a thing. <laughs> but uh, they showed us how to market ourselves better and all that. So I'm going to be trying to go to more schools, but I also go to churches. Like um, this this coming Sunday, the, the Sunday after New Year's Day, I'm going to a church. And then uh, I also go to Christian concerts, and I get on TV sometimes, and I just do all kinds of things. Hmm. Um, and so uh, in the, at the Christian venues, though, you get the opportunity to uh, preach the gospel. Yes, I do. And uh, hmm. what I try to do, I, I was at a church for a while that did the prosperity gospel, but I, I don't preach that message because a lot of times you're talking to kids from poor families or families that are broken. You know, why, why do you want to lie to them and tell them that God is going to automatically make their life better right, right. then? Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, spiritually, your life is better, but what, what I try to tell them is my story or something similar. And my story is that God slowly changed me over time once I gave my life to him. It's It's been the best thing. I've never regretted it. And he can do the same thing for you. All you have to do is surrender your life to Christ. Once you do that, that's the first step in becoming a Christian, because what you got to do after that is find a church, start reading your Bible and start talking to God daily. You know, right. that's, that's kind of how my message goes. Right, right. Just simple, basic, you know, become a Christian and, and continue being a Christian is what I try to teach these pe- people when I talk to them. Yeah. Um, because I, I, I'm pretty sure you understand there are some issues when we're uh, preaching the gospel that if we, um, I don't want to put people off, but if we cheapen it and we make it very, very cheap because it's actually free, right, um, the uh, the gift of salvation is free, but it came at a very expensive price. Um, and it, depending how we preach that message, uh, is somehow it might be received. For example, I know you're aware of this, Jeff, but um, if you just tell someone to say say a quick little prayer and and tell them to wander off and they'll never have another drama in their life, it, we're actually doing the wrong thing if we do that. You'd agree, wouldn't you? I, I would agree. Yeah. And I've changed my message over the years because I've learned from other people, uh, other preachers and, and uh, other Christians I listen to and, and mm. interact with that, that you don't want to leave people hanging and they need to be able to just begin their Christian life, but continue it. So I, I try to throw that in there when I'm talking to them. Yeah. Look, I think it's a good, um, a good way to approach it because sometimes uh, I'm sure we've all seen it before. Uh, our listeners won't be surprised here, but we've all seen it before where you might be at a meeting where people are asked to make get, make a commitment to Christ and then there's no backup, there's no preparation. People aren't told any more than, you know, God has a special plan for their life and just say this little prayer and off you go out the door. I'm not saying that can't be useful for some people. I'm not saying that at all. But I think a lot of people have problems and issues if they go out that door thinking, well, that's all I have to do. I don't have to move on from here. I don't have to read the Bible. I don't have to make any changes in my life. You know, um, I can just continue to live the way I live. Uh, and I think that's what causes issues and problems for people. I think so, too. That's what I've seen over the years. And uh, I also try to tell people uh, I forgot to mention this earlier. I, I was uh, one of the leaders of a 12 step program for a long time. So uh, when I get the opportunity, I, I talk about some of those type of issues, too. And what I encourage the people to do is if they will become a Christian and do those things we talked about, you know, reading the Bible, praying, becoming part of a church, 
then God will allow them to share their story with someone else, just like I'm doing right now. That's that's kind of how I put it. Right. So it gives them something to look forward to. Yes, yes. No, that's a good. That's also a very, very good option um, to offer people. Um, and you know, I, I I always have to say this because I'm just concerned someone might get the wrong idea and write me a nasty email. You know, I don't believe in uh, works uh, salvation. Um, we're justified by faith, so I'm not talking about working for your salvation at all here. But um, there is more to the Christian life than uh, saying a simple prayer and then going off and living the life however you want to live it. Exactly. While we're on these sort of topics, Jeff, I want to ask you this question. Um, you know, the Bible speaks about spiritual strength, uh, and it talks about spiritual maturity, and I guess that's kind of what we're sort of dancing around here. We're talking about, you know, you grow when you become a Christian, you become more mature, uh, and uh, you 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 build yourself up, you become stronger. Uh, and sometimes those things that happen to you, are, uh, it's because of adversity. Um, God can use, well, I'm certain, God will use adversity to build people up. Uh, we might yes. not recognize it at the time, but often later on we'll look back and go, wow, you know, um, uh, I didn't enjoy that. That wasn't good, but I know God did that for a particular reason to build me up spiritually, right? Right, right. How do we reconcile that with physical feats of strength or really are they in opposition to each other? Garth, I don't believe they're in opposition to each other as long as you have your life prioritized properly. Now, I know in the Bible... It says uh, bodily exercise profiteth little. The way I've always approached that is it doesn't say it doesn't profit at all. Right. In the grand scheme of things, it profits little because the most important thing is your relationship with God, how you share that with others, and how you take care of your family and raise them up, you know, doing your part in raising your family. And so, like, what I do to balance that out. I have a two-year-old son and a wife that I told you uh, is a school teacher, and she works real hard. And, and so I don't even get home till about six in the evening. So we don't have that much time together in the evening. So I only work out one big workout on the weekend when we do have some free time. The rest of the week, I just do short little workouts I can either do with my little boy watching me or I can do in the house while I'm with my son and my wife. So I don't make the workouts a priority. I put them, you know, second, third, or fourth place. And I think as long as you you have a you need a good outlet as a person, especially when you have stresses in your life, you need something to let it all out. And that's what I do when I lift. But it is not the uh, it is not the main thing in my life. Yeah, I try to make Christ the main thing in my life. I say try because you know none of us are perfect, but we are striving for it. Yeah, you know? yeah. I guess you know, Jeff. The question I asked you. We could very well ask that about anybody that does anything um, uh, in the Christian realm, you know, that uses it for the reasons that you do. You could pick anything. We could ask a Christian musician the same thing, you know. Um, oh, sure. And 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 uh, I, I guess hopefully we would get the same answer. I mean, because it should be the one that we come up with, you know, what is our focus? And I mean, you know, put it simplistically, you know, God first. Uh, that you then perhaps our family, then perhaps our church, uh, then mm -hmm. perhaps our community, then perhaps our nation. I mean, that's just putting it very simply, you know. But um, uh, but we could ask that question of anybody, and you know, if you knew the hobbies or interests that I have, um, then you, you, I wouldn't be upset if you asked me, hey, listen, does that take priority? You know, because I think you right. know, um, with my 
um, this new series I'm doing with the King James Bible podcast, it's kind of obvious that I really love history, you know, things of a historical nature. And um, uh, I wouldn't be offended if you said to me, Garth, does, does that come first? You know, is the historical side of things of the study more important than, you know, say the spiritual side? And, um, you know, I'd have to examine myself and weigh it. You know, I'd have to, you know, try and give a reasonable answer like like I believe you just did. But I'm going to say this, Jeff. Um, I think some way, you know, with the amount of time that you get to work out, which you've just said, and I'm taking it at face value because I've got no reason to doubt you, but I've seen you in action and I, I just guess that you must be blessed physically because for someone who only gets to work out that short amount of time, you're a pretty strong guy and you're a pretty big guy. So um, there must be more to get, more going on here than what, what we both can see because it must be, uh, I would say, you've been blessed with that uh, physique, mate, you know? Well, thank you. Now, now, part of it is hard work, but uh, but God's definitely using it uh, in a neat way, and He's given me some uh, special talents and some special areas. But I'm not kidding you; I've had to work for it. Right, right, right. But uh, everybody in my family's big on my dad's side, so I do take that from them. Yeah. And uh, anyway, uh, you know, it's just it's a combination of of hard work and and uh, God given stuff. We're on each other's Facebook you know, friends list. And um, one of the things I like to see some of your posts of some of the older, old-timey uh, strongmen. And you and I have had conversations before about guys like Breitbart, you know, the uh, the Jewish strongman from back in the day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, can we talk about them a little bit? Why, why um, uh, were, were they, what's their history? Where, how did they come about in that era of, era of 100 or 150 years ago? How did they come to the fore? What's, it, what's the history behind you know, the strong men and their feats. Was it to do with mainly to do with circuses or is it more than that? Uh, a lot of it was circuses. Uh, and then there was vaudeville, you know, like uh, stage oh, and right. theater performances. Okay. Uh, and, you know, this is before the era of TV yeah. or internet. Yeah. And uh, there were movie theaters, but I mean, you know, it, it wasn't big like it is today. So yeah. people in, I guess, urban areas needed some some form of entertainment so you'd have singers dancers and then you'd have specialty acts mm. one of the specialty acts was uh weightlifters and barbell men right and uh now i had told you i pulled two vehicles with my neck mm. i cannot remember this guy's name but there's a guy from australia mm -hmm. that i saw on a website that that has all these old photos and stuff mm -hmm. i want to say he was pulling three or four automobiles with his teeth <laughs> and i think he was from australia i just cannot remember his name right so there there are some famous strong men from your country also i just can't mm. remember their names mm. right now but yeah a lot of them were that was back big back until the 1930s probably yeah would it be movies that came along that killed it jeff i would think so movies and then after that tv yeah know? yeah uh because there was you know people can just sit at home instead of having to travel and spend all the extra money to do that, you know, and they can just sit at home and watch it on TV. Yeah. Um, coincidentally, recently I saw that movie, um, Invincible, uh, and it's, and it's a movie. So it's, uh, there's a lot of fiction in there about the Jewish guy Breitbart, you know, uh, mm -hmm. the Polish guy. And, uh, um, he was around just before the Nazis came to power. And, um, in the film, He's portrayed as, um, you know, a man who wanted to do something good for his community. You know, he wanted to use his skills uh, to help his community. But um, I know you haven't seen the movie, but have you, you've read about him, haven't you? 
Yeah, if I'm thinking of the right guy, he was a great scroller. And a scroller is somebody that takes a flat uh, or, or straight piece of metal, whether it be round or flat bar. And he will bend it around by hand into different shapes. I yep. think that's one of the things he yeah, did. He I was think, very good at that. I think that's right, yes. But also now, I had heard I had heard that he did some kind of spy work or something. I'm not sure if that's true though. I can't I can't verify that. Oh, but. okay. Yeah, because in the movie it's portrayed that he's uh he's working in a um a nightclub <clears throat> run by the Nazis, you know. And uh-huh. uh he, he sort of gets wind of the plan that the Nazis have for for the Jewish people. That's how it's portrayed in the movie. I don't know about his real life, you know, because I know that they, you know, um, there's a lot of... Uh, Hollywood magic. <laughs> yeah, Hollywood magic used. Yeah, there is. There is. But... Um, yeah, of course. But I, I did read that he he helped in the war effort some kind of way. That's that's what they said. And it, it, it may... That was probably based on true, but they probably exaggerated. Exaggerated. That's what I would, I would imagine. Yeah. But I can't verify that. Yeah. Um, one other thing before we finish up, Jeff... Um, uh, now I know that you're big on mentoring. Um, do you have mentors in your strongman area? Yes, uh, I had them from afar, if you know what I mean, for right. a long time. Yeah, that would be through uh, internet, you know, email conversations or okay. videos or Facebook, and and right. then like DVDs and books. But recently, except let's see, in June, I was asked to come to Washington D.C. to uh, film an interview about an old time strongman. He was also Jewish and I think he was Hungarian. Maybe I can't remember. He might've been Polish, but, um, anyway, he was called the mighty Adam. He was a very small man, very, uh, very small stature. And he, but he was a great strong man. And anyway, they asked me to come to DC to, uh, to film an interview for it because I'm a performing strongman in these days. And they were kind of saying how, how did he affect what I'm doing today? That kind of thing. And uh, anyway, it was just very fascinating, and it was a great opportunity. Because of that, I got to meet two of the greatest strongmen uh, alive today. And uh, one of them is an older gentleman that I'd always wanted to meet, never thought I'd get to. He was called uh, Slim the Hammer Man. At one time, GK, he was able to, from the ground, lever up a 56-pound hammer that was uh, actually two hammers welded together. He was able to lever that up with just his wrists and then stand with it and then lower it to his nose without breaking anything, just using his wrist power. So I got to meet him. And then his student, Dennis Rogers, is the greatest performing strongman in the world right now. And uh, he's also a Christian and he's mentoring me now through uh, text and phone calls. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. And he's the one who put on the strongman school I got to go to in September that helped me uh, even further what I'm doing now. Uh, so is there a lot of Christians in the strongman community in general? There are a lot, but they are not all Christians. But um, I have found that the ones that are not Christians, even what if you look at their Facebook, you would think they're most likely atheists or something like that. And even can be a little hostile to Christians in general or not hostile to the other strongmen. They're very nice guys, a very good group of guys. And there's some ladies in there, too, but right. it's mostly men. Mostly men, yeah. Um, Jeff, you know, you, you know, we've talked a fair bit about um, your strongman journey. We've actually even touched on um, your journey as a as a believer and coming out of um, uh, you know what I call sort of a, a rough background. Uh, and I don't mean that offensively, you know, because like I'm from oh a rough, sure I, I, I'm from rough background myself, you know. But 
But um, how do you see the progression in recent times, uh, your spiritual journey? Like, if you wouldn't mind telling us sort of where you're at now uh, on a spiritual sense. Well, Garth, I grew up in a, a United Pentecostal church, and that is, uh, you know, there's a lot of speaking in tongues and, uh, you know, they believe that you don't you don't get filled with the Holy Spirit unless you speak in tongues and, and several things like that. Well, I grew up that way. And then uh, when I started cleaning my life or letting God clean my life up, I moved to a non-denominational church for a while. Right. And then I found we were volunteering all the time. And once we slowed down a little, because my wife had just had our son, I realized that uh, they had kind of gotten away from where they were at one time and had started doing the prosperity gospel kind of stuff. Mm. And so when it was like I came to a realization, I was like, man, this this is not good. We need to leave. So we left there and we kind of, gosh, wandered around for about a year. And then recently we joined the Baptist church. And uh, I would say the the one thing that made us go there it's not really the denomination. I, I don't, I just consider myself a Christian, not a certain denomination. Right. But I felt like this church is the one that really preached the word consistently. Yeah. And, uh, you know, nobody's perfect, but I believe they had the best message to offer, which was from the word of God yeah. and not a lot of extra stuff. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. What about on a personal level, um, Jeff, um, do you like looking at fringe topics or, or where do you stand as far as that goes? Oh man, I love French topics. That's how I <laughs> came across you. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I like history, but I, I've always thought that. I, I guess I've always thought that something something was up besides Satan himself. You know, he's right. Got all kind of things work going on, but a, a couple of years ago, I started discovering things, and mm-hmm. uh, I started hearing about Illuminati, and yeah, uh, you know that. Adam's daughters did not necessarily mate with Sethites or however that theory goes, that it was actually maybe, you know, Nephilim back then. Yep. I started hearing about all these things and I started really getting into it. And uh, every now and then I get a little too far off into that. And my wife <laughs> kind of brings me back. But that has really actually helped my study of the Bible also. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, it's important to know your enemy and it's important to know your defense. And so I think studying both of those topics helps. But uh I don't generally bring that into my shows because uh, some people might think you're nuts if you get into all that. So I just leave that alone and, and talk about that just, you know, when it comes up. No, no, that's definite. No. Look, I, I, I like to look at those things, too, because it helps you um, really drill down into God's word to find out, you know, well, what, what really is going on. Um, yeah. And so, like, I, I don't want it to be my whole life, but I, I don't mind looking at those topics. Um is there, do you have a website, Jeff, where people can find you and uh, see some of the stuff you do and contact you if they want to? Yeah, GK, uh, the easiest way to, to contact me is to, uh, you can find me by Googling me. I have a Google website. I have uh, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and uh, Instagram. Mm-hmm. To find me on any of those, just type in Jeff, J-E-F-F, T-Rex, T-R-E-X, Bankins, B-A-N-K-E-N-S. So if you if you Google Jeff T-Rex Bankins, you can find me on any of those sites. And uh, I've got videos, contact information. And, uh, you know, if, if anybody messages me, I'm pretty prompt to respond to them. Okay. What I might so. do, what I might do, Jeff, is I might get your YouTube channel off you and then I'll, I'll put that in the show notes of this show and people can go there and start there if they like. Do you think that's the best way to do it? 
Yeah, sure. That'd be great. All right. Listen, before I let you go, um, I've got to ask you, and I'm sure our audience is probably wondering as well, how did you get the name T-Rex? Okay. Well, you, I told you earlier I was into dinosaur training. Yep. Right? Yep. I mentioned something about this at work, and I'm a pretty big guy and fairly short arms. <laughs> and at the time, I had a big belly also. So somebody saw me from the side of profile and said, yeah, dinosaur training, you, you're a, you know, a T-Rex. Yeah. Look at you. Right. So... So I just uh, later on when I started doing this, I just kept that name because yeah. uh, plain old Jeff Bankins, you know, you need a, you need a stage name. So we, we throw T-Rex in there. Oh, well, that's, and, fan- uh, that's fantastic. And it, I even got a Mr. T T-Rex mug for Christmas this year from one of my brothers. It looks like the uh, the black actor, Mr. T. Yep. As a T-Rex. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. I saw you had so, the special shirt on uh, with uh, the T-Rex with the, has he got the Santa hat on it? Yeah, he. I think I saw one place he was called Santasaurus Rex. <laughs> so yeah, I had that on. I bought that just for that too, and for uh, oh, a local good. community event we did earlier in December. Well, I was going to say that obviously um, this will go up sometime in the new year, but we're actually recording this for me, um, Jeff. It's New Year's Eve. Uh, it's the thirty first of December at, uh, when we're recording this at the moment, and uh, so obviously it's New Year's Eve for me, but. Um, uh, so we are recording this in the holiday season, uh, Christmas and New Year, and uh, it's a fantastic time of year. Jeff and I were talking earlier. Uh, we're both uh, able to spend a lot of time with our families. Uh, my family's here with us at the moment. Uh, we're spending a lot of time together, and Jeff's getting the opportunity to spend time with his family. So it is a brilliant time of the year. Uh, but for us Aussies, mate, we get to spend it outside uh, in the in the summer sun having a barbecue. But uh, I guess most... Most of you guys up the top part of the planet um, would be indoors. Yeah, most people are indoors. Uh, <laughs> we haven't had much of a winter yet, but a lot of the country is. Yeah, so. yeah. All right. Well, um, thanks for coming on to uh, Like Flint Radio, Jeff. Uh, I really appreciate that. It was very short notice. I'll let our listeners know that um, I put this on Jeff probably five minutes before I hit record. So you've been a wonderful guest, and uh, thanks very much, Jeff, and God bless. Hey, God bless, man. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And uh, looking forward to the feedback. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Bye-bye. Well, there goes Jeff. I hope you enjoyed that. And I want to thank Jeff for coming on to the show at such short notice. Don't forget, as usual, you can write to me via email. The address is gk at likeflintradio.com. And you can visit our website, www.likeflintradio.com, where all our previous shows are available for download. Don't forget to look for my History of the King James Bible podcast. I'll put a link to the website and the iTunes site on the Like Flint Radio website. Just go to likeflintradio.com, go to the News tab at the top of the site, and look for the blog entry titled King James Bible Podcast Links. I'm your host, GK. This is Like Flint Radio. And until next time, God bless and hooroo.